We turn to Luke chapter 19 this morning, verses 1 through 10, the call of the Savior. Luke chapter 19, beginning with verse 1, and we read in Jesus' name. He entered Jericho and was passing through. There was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. He was trying to see who Jesus was, but he was not able because of the crowd, since he was a short man. So running ahead, he climbed up a sycamore tree to see Jesus, since he was about to pass that way. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, because today it is necessary for me to stay at your house. So he quickly came down and welcomed him joyfully. All who saw it began to complain. He's gone to stay with a sinful man. But Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, Look, I'll give half of my possessions to the poor, Lord. And if I have extorted anything from anyone, I'll pay back four times as much. Today salvation has come to this house, Jesus told him, because he too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save the lost. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word this morning. Thank you for this uh, wonderful uh, picture of what you desire to do in our lives today. As you did in the life of Zacchaeus that day, as he climbed up that tree wanting to see who you were. Lord, you noticed him in the midst of that crowd. You called him. You knew his name. You said, Zacchaeus, come down. And Lord, I pray that you would issue that call to us today. Lord, you know us by name. You know us better than we know ourselves. You know our need, Lord. And I pray that we would respond to that call that you give to us today. For we pray in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. Caller ID. Now, that can be a wonderful thing because it helps you to know if you really want to answer the one who's calling you. Could be a robo-call, right? Nobody likes uh, talking to a, a computer, although I do do that when they call and say, Hi, this is Sarah. You know, you, you stayed at our resort. And I say, No, I didn't. I didn't stay. I never stay at your resort. So I had to get that off my chest, and I know they can't hear me anyhow. But could be someone that is trying to sell you something that you don't want to buy, right? Has that ever happened before? I'm sure it has many times. Or it could be someone who's trying to scam you. So when you see a number that you don't recognize, you probably say to yourself like I do, I don't know who you are, so I'm not going to answer your call. Gives you a sense of power, doesn't it? Just like, okay. I don't, actually, I got a phone call during the offering this morning. And I looked at it, I said, I don't recognize that call, and I'm in the midst of a church service, so I am not going to answer your call. So caller ID, I'm sure most of us would say that's, that's, a, that's a wonderful thing. But having caller ID can also be a not-so-wonderful thing, because you might miss an important phone call. could be someone that you know who's changed their number, right? You don't have it in your contact, so... You say, well, I don't recognize that, but it could be someone you know and love. could be a friend from the past whose number you don't have. It could even be 
It's not very likely, but it could even be someone who says, I want to give you a million dollars. Not very likely, but you never know. So you could miss out on a phone call that is very important because you don't answer the call. We see a call in our text which is so important that you dare not ignore it. It is a call from Jesus, and without question, it is the most important call you could ever receive. Would you agree? What would be more important than to answer the call that Jesus gives to come and be his own, belong to his family? There are three things we learn about the call of Jesus, the call of the Savior. First of all, the call of the Savior is an essential call. It is a necessary call. The thing we probably remember the most about Zacchaeus is what? His physical stature, right? Sunday school, did you learn that song? Zacchaeus was a... A wee little man, a wee little man was he. He climbed up in a sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. And so that's the thing we remember when we think of Zacchaeus. Oh yeah, he was that short little guy. The one that climbed up the tree. But what is important to know about Zacchaeus is not so much his physical stature that he was short. There's nothing wrong with being short. Unless, of course, you're planning on playing in the NBA. Then that might be a little bit of a problem. But... What is important to notice is that he was short spiritually, wasn't he? Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And that clearly included Zacchaeus. Now, it's interesting, the name Zacchaeus is of Hebrew origin. And ironically, it means pure or innocent. If there ever was a man who wasn't pure or innocent, it was Zacchaeus, and everyone knew it. They knew what kind of a man he was. And when Jesus went to the home of Zacchaeus, Luke says, the people began to grumble, saying, he has gone to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. Okay, they knew very well what this man was like. Zacchaeus was a tax collector. But he wasn't just your ordinary run-of-the-mill tax collector. He was a chief tax collector. And to be a chief tax collector in Jericho really made it a very prominent position. R. Kent Hughes, in his commentary, says, From a tax collecting perspective, Zacchaeus had it made. Taxes were collected at three places inland, Capernaum, Jericho, and Jerusalem, and he had one of the big three, he describes it as. Jericho had a commanding position at the crossing of the Jordan River and one of the prime approaches to Jerusalem. Jericho was rich due to its great palm forests and balsam groves. So as a chief tax collector, Zacchaeus was head of, as he describes, a tax farming corporation with collectors who extorted the people, then paid him before he paid the Romans. 
He was the kingpin of the Jericho tax cartel and had the scruples of a modern-day crack dealer, Hughes says. He was filthy rich in the fullest sense of the term, not a likely candidate for the kingdom. That's how R. Kent Hughes describes this man we know as Zacchaeus. So when you have an unsaved man with a sinful nature in a city where it would be easy to pad your pocket, what do you have? (laughs) You've got a recipe for corruption. And based on what Zacchaeus says after the Lord saved him, he acted corruptly. Powerful, wealthy, and corrupt. So Jesus called Zacchaeus that day because, obviously, he was a man that needed a Savior. He called him because Jesus said he has come to seek and to save that which was lost. And Zacchaeus that day came to the point where he recognized that that is indeed what he was. He was spiritually lost. And he knew that he needed a Savior. So there's a question we need to ask this morning. Do you know that you need a Savior? Do you know that apart from Jesus, you are lost? Do you know that you need that gift of forgiveness, that gift of everlasting life? I'll tell you what, that's the most important thing we need to know. We need to know that we need a Savior. and We need to know that Jesus is the one who has come to seek and to save that which was lost. It's one thing to see that other people need a Savior. And that's easy, isn't it? <laughs> the people in Jericho, they said, yeah, he's a sinful man. Yeah, he needs a Savior. And it's very easy for us to see everybody else that needs a Savior. But we need to see that we need a Savior. We need to understand that we are really, when it comes down to it, we are really no different than Zacchaeus. We may not have done the things that he had done. We may not have sinned in the same way that he had sinned. But what does Romans 3.23 say? For all have sinned. Does that include you? You bet it does. Does that include me? Absolutely. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. Now, some people know that. They know that they need a Savior. They know that they're sinners. But they don't think that they need to answer Jesus' call today. Another time. Another day. I'm busy now. I've got things to do now. Some other time. I will wait. I've got time. Notice what Luke says about this. Verse 1 says that Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. <laughs> this might be the only opportunity for Zacchaeus. Jesus is on his way out. And he wanted to see who he was. Verse 5, when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to Zacchaeus, hurry and come down for today. Today I must stay at your house. There's a sense of urgency here, isn't it? Today is the day of salvation, and we would be wise not to wait until tomorrow. Not to say, well, that call will come again. 
I could have said that to my phone call this morning. I have no idea who it was. I could have said, well, that call coming again. It might never come again. The call of Jesus might never come again. We aren't guaranteed tomorrow. And that's why today is the day of salvation. The call of Jesus is an essential call, a necessary call. And we ought to respond to that call today. Second thing we notice about this call, the call of the Savior is a personal call. A personal call. I don't think anyone would ever have guessed that Zacchaeus was a man who wanted to see Jesus. In the minds of most people, he would have been one of those who would have been the least likely to seek for Jesus. When you graduated from high school, did you have some kind of a thing to describe you the, the most quiet or the most likely to do this or least likely to do that or whatever? Zacchaeus would have had the thing in his yearbook, the least likely to follow Jesus. I mean, he was, well, we've described him already. And yet, Luke says in verse 4 that he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree in order to see Jesus. For he was about to pass through that way. So my mind was asking as I studied this passage again, why in the world did Zacchaeus want to see Jesus? Good question, huh? Well, maybe he had heard of the conversion of Matthew. What was Matthew? He was a tax collector. And Matthew, at this point, was one of those who was following Jesus. Zacchaeus may even have known him. Palestine was a small place, and tax collectors probably hung out together because they didn't have any other friends, right? Who would want to be a friend of a tax collector? And maybe Zacchaeus had heard about what the Lord had done in the life of Matthew, huh? And Jesus was known as a friend of tax collectors and sinners, right? It's also likely that Zacchaeus had discovered that his wealth didn't satisfy. Money never really satisfies. Because the more you get, guess what? The more you want. <laughs> it never really satisfies. And all of this money that he was taking in, which he probably thought was going to give him satisfaction, it didn't. Maybe that's why he was wanting to see who Jesus was. Could it be that he was getting weary of being so despised by his people? Tax collectors were hated. And we all need relationships with people. And, and here is this man that, that nobody wanted to be a friend of his. And so maybe all of these things were contributing to the point where Zacchaeus heard about Jesus, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. His life was a mess. There was no satisfaction in all the things of the world. He wanted to see who Jesus was. Maybe Jesus would change his life like he changed the life of Matthew. We don't know for sure, but you kind of wonder what was going on in, in his life. And we know there was a crowd of people that day in Jericho. So many that he couldn't see. Being short, it's hard to see over everybody. And so he figured his only hope, climb up the tree to see Jesus. So he runs ahead and, of the crowd and he's sitting up in this, this sycamore tree. 
And maybe Zacchaeus is thinking that, that Jesus would never notice him in the midst of the crowd. I mean, if there's a throng of people and you're walking along, I'll just, you know, be inconspicuous. I'll just sit there in the tree and I'll be able to see who he is as he's coming through the city. But Jesus saw him. Verse 5 says, When Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for today I must stay at your house. And can you imagine him sitting in that tree and hearing him called out by name in the midst of the crowd, Zacchaeus? And he's thinking, oh no. Now the crowd knows I'm up in the tree and they know who I am. And now there's going to be more you know, despising of me. He knows my name. In the midst of the crowd, Jesus called that one man to come to him. Concerned about that one individual. And that's a pattern we see in Jesus' ministry. There always seemed to be a crowd following him, but Jesus often noticed that one person who needed him. Remember last week we talked about Bartimaeus, the blind man, right? In the midst of a crowd, he's shouting out, Jesus, have mercy on me. And the crowd is saying, be quiet. Remember what Jesus said? Call him. Call him. Tell him to come here. And in the midst of that crowd, Jesus healed that blind man. And we see that all throughout the New Testament. So if you are thinking that you can simply get lost in the crowd, (laughs) it ain't going to work. Because Jesus sees you. Jesus knows you. He knows your name. He knows your need. And if you go to church thinking, I'll just blend into the crowd and nobody will notice me, well, I'll tell you what Jesus does. If nobody else sees you, if nobody else notices you, Jesus does. And He knows your name. It's a personal call. Zacchaeus, come down. I read about a man by the name of Mr. Klein. He was discouraged and defeated and he was convinced that life was not worth living. No one cared for him. And he was walking past a church one Sunday evening and they were singing the hymn that has this line in it, Saved by grace alone, this is all my plea. Jesus died for all mankind and Jesus died for me. Well, Mr. Klein's hearing wasn't very well. So when they came to the place where it says, Jesus died for all mankind, he thought they were singing that Jesus died for old man Klein. (laughs) He said, that's me. (laughs) He went into the church, heard the message of salvation, and his life was changed. Did Jesus die for all mankind? Absolutely. Did Jesus die for old man Klein? Yes. (laughs) Yes. And when you embrace the truth that Jesus died on the cross for you, that makes it personal, doesn't it? Because a lot of people say, yeah, Jesus died on the cross for the sins of the world. But it needs to become personal where you say, Jesus died for me. Jesus shed His blood for me. Jesus paid the price for my sins. 
And because he died for me, I can have eternal life. I can be forgiven. That's a personal call. So in the midst of everyone here this morning, Jesus knows you. He knows your need. And maybe you've come to church today and you're up in a a sycamore tree just wanting to... Who is this Jesus? Guess what? He knows you. He knows everything about you. He knows your fears, your worries, your needs, your sins. He knows everything about you. He knows you by name. Isaiah 43 talks about that, right? I've called you by name. So he knows your name. The call of the Savior is a personal call. And then the third thing we notice is that the call of the Savior is a life-changing call. Luke makes it clear to us that the meeting Zacchaeus had with Jesus was a meeting that transformed his life. It changed his life drastically. Before he met Jesus, Zacchaeus had become rich by cheating others. His love of money had brought a pain into the lives of others. But when he met Jesus, notice what he said. Verse 8. Zacchaeus stopped and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, half of my possessions I will give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I will give back four times as much. Now, I would call that a transformation. I would call that life changing. Can you imagine the people in the crowd there that knew him? He talks about giving half of what he has to the poor. He talks about paying back those who have wrong, he has wronged. He'll give them back four times as much. I'll bet you they were just shaking their head and say, This can't be. <laughs> Is this the kiss? Could it be that the one who had robbed others was now offering to give his money away? And Jesus knew that Zacchaeus really meant what he said, because in verse 9, Jesus said, Today, salvation has come to this house. Salvation has come to this man's life. Jesus saw the heart of this man, but he also saw the evidence of his faith. Because if anyone is in Christ, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, He is a new creature. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. He was a new man. (laughs) He was a new man. Wonderful transformation that Jesus brought. And you know what one of the changes that comes into the life of those who come to Jesus It's in how you you handle your possessions, how you view the things of this world. As one author put it, there is a reorientation to one's material possessions. One's grip on things is dramatically loosened. Good picture, huh? Zacchaeus was hanging on to all that he had gotten. And when he came to Jesus, it's just like... Okay, these things, they don't satisfy anyhow. The grip was dramatically loosened. In Luke 16, verse 13, Jesus puts it this way. 
No servant can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. (laughs) It's one or the other. What are you going to serve? Zacchaeus was serving money, right? But when he met Jesus, that didn't mean so much anymore. He had a new master. And his master's name was Jesus. Are you holding your possessions with open hands? Or are you grabbing and holding on to everything you can get? When Jesus changed the life of Zacchaeus, he went from a grabber to a giver. That's how the Lord changed his life. Now, if you've been paying careful attention to this whole story, you will notice that there are Two contrasting thoughts here. Not contradicting, but contrasting thoughts. On the one hand, we are told that Zacchaeus was seeking for Jesus, right? He climbed up in the tree because he wanted to see Jesus. On the other hand, Jesus was seeking for Zacchaeus. Nine today, salvation has come to this house because he too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to what? To seek and to save that which was lost. So which one is it? Was Zacchaeus seeking for Jesus? Or was Jesus seeking for Zacchaeus? You know what the answer to that is? Yes. <laughs> Both. Right? I love how R. Kent Hughes describes this. He says, what we begin to see at this point in the story is that Zacchaeus seeking of Jesus and Jesus seeking of Zacchaeus were both sovereign works of God. The crossing of their lives at the sycamore tree was a work of divine providence. This meeting was ordained before the foundation of the world. God's divine providence that day that their paths crossed, that Jesus and Zacchaeus met. Do you believe that this day, this worship service is a meeting that God ordained between you and Jesus? Do you believe that before the foundation of the world, God knew that you would be in this place at this time hearing about Jesus? I do. Because I believe God is a sovereign God. I believe He is working in the lives of people as He seeks to save them. To bring them to that point where we cross paths with Jesus. And we're confronted then with our need for Him. And what are we going to do with Him? So Jesus is looking for you today. He is seeking after you. He is calling for you. And so the the question is, have you answered that call? Don't ignore the call of Jesus. Don't put it off until another day. Why? Because today is the day of salvation. Today, if you hear His voice, don't harden your hearts. Welcome him like Zacchaeus did. Received Jesus joyfully, gladly, 
And his life was wonderfully changed. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word today. Thank you for the way that you sought for this man who needed a Savior, this Zacchaeus who needed you. And thank you, Lord, that you are seeking for us today. This morning, this service is a divine appointment with you. You knew our paths would cross today. And Lord Jesus, I pray that we would answer that call, receiving you gladly, recognizing our need for a Savior, and putting our trust in you. Lord, do your work in our lives this day, for we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.